You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today and every Thursday we have Peter Watts in the studio with us continuing his series, Searching for Certainty. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. Good morning, everyone. Now, Peter, you've had some exciting things happen over the weekend. I want you to tell us a little bit about what you got up to on the weekend. Well, it wasn't so exciting. I mean, it was exciting enough for me. It was my birthday on uh, Saturday last, and um, and then uh, of course Sunday was Father's Day, and so those those two usually come together. It's either sometimes it's on the same day, sometimes it's the day before, or a couple of days before, and so um, yeah, we just um, Marie and I we we went for a nice walk down near Tasman Arch. There's a place called Devil's Kitchen down there, mm. and uh, if anybody's listening and they come from that area, tell me what they cook down at Devil's Kitchen. I'd be interested to know that. Uh, I, I'm wondering if it's the devils who are doing the the cooking or whether well, the devils are being devils. cooked. Yeah, yeah, well, if, they're, if they're Tasmanian devils, I, I don't know. I, hopefully not. I think they're protected now because they're, yeah. uh, they're dying out, unfortunately. But we had a nice walk. We went down to Waterfall Bay and... Um, just spend a little bit of time out uh, looking at the beautiful ocean. Now, we won't ask you what uh, number your birthday came to. Well, we'll I was we'll telling people, <laughs> I, people were asking me on Saturday, I said, I, I'm 25, give or take 30 years. Okay. So that might be a cryptic clue. A roundabout, clue. a roundabout, a okay. clue. <laughs> no worries. Now, just remember, we've uh, got our show number, 0488880891. That's a number that you can text us in, and uh, we will have a free offer later in the program we've got a book for you and uh, please write that down 0488880891 and of course uh, you can catch up with our past episodes on our Faith FM app Uh, you can get that from the app stores on your phone or tablet and also on the website faithfm.com.au you can go and listen to previous programs there and uh, we'd encourage you to do that now speaking of previous programs Peter what uh, did we cover last time? So last time we it was called a new beginning, and we are actually talking about what the what does the Bible teach about the subject of baptism, and uh, we're actually developing a little bit of a theme here because we we talked a little bit about uh, what what the the holy day was the the Sabbath and the the change of the Sabbath a couple of um, episodes ago, and then we were talking about the many different beliefs about baptism, and then we wanted to find out what the Bible taught, and uh, again today. Today we're going to be looking at life after death. What happens when a person dies? Mm. And there's such a diverse range of beliefs about what happens when we die. Um, you know, some people obviously may believe we go to heaven. Other people might believe some go to hell. Uh, some believe you go to purgatory. Some believe that um, a person might go to limbo. Might talk about that a little later. Um, some people believe we're in reincarnation. Uh, others believe you come back as a ghost, and other others believe that it's a dead end. In other words, that's it. Um, and we're going to take a look at that, but we want to know what, what does the Bible actually say I, about I what happens. Say that. What does the Bible say? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's let's delve into this topic: the truth about death. What really happens when you die? Yeah. Okay. So, well, I, I was intrigued by um, a news story about uh, a few months ago, 3rd of April 2021. Some people might have caught this on the news, the Pharaoh's Golden Parade. And they had the Pharaohs of Egypt. They were moving them from the Egyptian um, Museum in Tahir 
uh, square in, in Cairo. They were moving them to the National Museum of Egyptian Civilization, a new building that they've made for this. And they put each of the pharaohs in their coffins uh, on a, uh, a sort of um, mobile trolley. That, and they, they had this big parade from the one museum to the other. And it was a big deal in uh, Egypt, and they showed it on the telly. And uh, I've been to the mummy room in, in Cairo, uh, year, if, uh, three times now, I think, um, and looked at the mummies there, and you can find. Uh, is that actually in a pyramid, or is it somewhere else? Okay, so no, it's in Tahir Square. Is um, in Cairo, yeah, and uh, it's a, a very old building, and you can go there, and that's where the Egyptian artifacts were, and they had a mummy okay. room in that place, and you can go and visit the mummies, and, and one of the mummies that you can see there was Ramesses the Great. And I like to tell people that I, I spoke to Ramesses the Great, but he never spoke to me. <laughs> um, you know, I, you, can, you can just talk to him. He's, he's right there. His body's right there. Mm. Um, so the question is, you know, what does happen to us when we die? Um, you think of the pyramids in Egypt and the giant pyramids, you know, the Great Pyramid, 2.3 million blocks of stone to build that pyramid. An incredible, one of the ancient wonders of the world, the only one that's still standing, uh, the seven wonders of the world. And... It must have taken thousands of men many years to build this pyramid. And it's not a palace. It's not a temple. It's a tomb. Mm. And you have to have a very strong belief in what happens when you die to go to all that effort to build that massive pyramid and the other pyramids, of course. Do you have any understanding as to why they built the the pyramids in terms of they were tombs, but... What, it's a lot. What, yes. what were they hoping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we could dive into yeah. Egyptian culture and, and belief. But, I don't think we're going not, to. Not enough time. However, today. <laughs> but but they believed. You know, they were believed that they were going to the stars. They right. they you know. In fact, they found a, a ship there called a solar ship. They believed that the pharaoh would take that ship and take a journey through the stars and so forth. Okay. But if we go to the Bible, there's a verse in Job fourteen fourteen which says, um, "If a man dies, shall he live again?" Mm. And uh, this is the question we want to answer. There was a um, a tombstone. Paul Adams um, had a tombstone that it, it says, "Stop, my friend, as you go by, as you are now, so once was I, as I am now, you soon shall be. So prepare yourself." to follow me mm. and a, a, a boy with a piece of chalk came along and wrote underneath to follow you I'm not content until I know just where you went which <laughs> I thought it was, he had a sense of humour and I, th- I thought that, that you know that's it where do we go when we die yeah. and, and you know this is you know most people are pretty apprehensive about dying right mm. no, no, nobody's looking forward to it right but um, there are basically two questions that are of uh, great importance, I think, in this. And uh, somebody said there's two great questions. Number one, did anyone ever return from the dead? And number two, is it available to me? Mm. Um, because we we understand that we're all heading in that direction. I think there's about 150,000 plus people every single day die on planet Earth. I'm going to have to ask our listeners a question and mm. uh, encourage you to text in your answer to this question. Are you afraid of death? Mm. I know many people are, but are you afraid of death? And tell us why you are or why you are not afraid Mm. of death. Text us in on 0488-880-891. Now, we've got a little bit more before we go to the break, Peter. Sure. Yeah, so 
there's a piece in Revelation one eighteen. Of course, the Bible claims in, in reference to those questions, did anyone ever return from the dead and is it available to me? Number one, obviously the Bible claims that Jesus returned for the dead, mm. from the dead. And, uh, you know, we believe in the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus. And we actually should do a program on that. Um, because um, that's a subject we should dive into, the evidence for the resurrection. Mm. Um, maybe we mark that down and, and put that in as a, a program sometime yeah, soon. But um, in Revelation one eighteen, it, it, it quotes here, this is Jesus speaking, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Mm. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Essentially he's saying I've got the keys of death and the grave. Mm. So Jesus is someone who was put to death, rose from the grave and he's claiming to to not only uh, come back from the grave and live forever but he's claiming that he can give that life to us as well and that's the hope that Christians have is that Jesus will resurrect the dead uh, in the end and we want to talk about when that happens in order for us to know what happens when you die I think it would be good to explore the question of what does life constitute in the first place mm. you know sometimes what, it, what does it mean yeah what does it mean sometimes people will say well how would you describe you know how would you define death and we might say well death is the absence of life mm. right that's fine but what's life and if we go to the Bible let's go to the origins of humanity uh, according to scripture God made man um, it's this is Genesis 2 7 it says Maybe you can read that, Jason. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. All right, that last uh, phrase there, you're reading from the New King James Version there, and it says man became a living being. Mm. If you look at the King James Bible, it says man became a living soul. Mm. Okay, and that's important. So it says... God formed man of the dust of the ground. That's the elements, right? He breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. He comes to life. And man became a living soul. And what's important about that is this phrase does not say God gave man a soul, but rather that man became a a soul. soul. And that's important to understand. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the soul when we come back in our next section. So we'll pose a question and we'll answer it after the break. Can a soul die? Yeah, right. So we'll we'll delve into that uh, straight after our break. But remember our listener question, are you afraid of death? Tell us why you are or are not afraid of death. So text us in on 0488-880-891. This is Anchor of Hope by Ellie Holcomb. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God Author of all that is good Faithful provider and giver of life Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the Redeemer and mighty to save He's the anchor of hope for the souls of men Gracious, compassionate, merciful God Radiant, holy delight Beautiful Father, victorious Son 
source of unchangeable light. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Refuge of strength to the end. Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save. He's the anchor of hope for the souls of men. You are light and dark. You are healing for the broken heart. You are hope. You are Lord. You are life. You are love that endures. Powerful, constant, unwavering God. Shepherd who comes for the lost. Rock of salvation, remarkable love. Savior who died on the cross. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Refuge of strength to the end. Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save. He's the anchor of hope for the souls. Oh, He's the anchor of hope for the souls. Oh, He's the That was Anchor of Hope by Ellie Holcomb. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. We're talking with Peter Watts about the truth about death and what really happens when you die. Now, just before the break, Peter, we posed a question. Can a soul die? Right. And so I could give you my opinion. But that won't be of great value. And so what we want to do is, is what does the Bible say about this? We've noted that um, when God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul, can a soul die? Well, in Ezekiel 18 verse 4, it uh, tells us fairly plainly, the soul who sins shall die. Now, we learned a few uh, programs back when we were talking about the plan of salvation. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible teaches. And so that's why we all need a saviour, by the way, mm. um, because we're all sinners in need of a saviour. And we've all inherited that tendency uh, to sin uh, from our first parents. And so the soul who sins shall die, uh, says uh, plainly in Ezekiel. I think he mentions a couple of times the very same phrase. And so... This is a notion that might seem a little strange to people because there is a notion of the immortal soul, which we're going to talk about in a moment, that actually permeates many, many religions. In fact, most religions believe Mm. in the immortal soul, that when you die, you don't actually die. I mean, the, 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 the physical body may die, but there's something of you that remains alive afterwards. And it's the concept of the immortal soul. But what we're looking at today is what the Bible teaches on this. And the Bible teaches that a soul, the soul who sins shall die. And the Bible teaches that all all have sinned. And so um, this is one of the reasons we need we need God, I, I think, is because, you know, we don't have immortality in of ourselves. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's look at uh, Genesis 3.19, and maybe you can read that for us. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken, for dust you are, 
and to dust you shall return. And I guess that's that saying, dust to dust. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, right early in the Bible. It's talking about the consequence of man's fall in Genesis chapter 3. God is saying, from dust you were taken uh, and dust you, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Mm. And so people can understand that. Um, you know, there are some um, above ground tombs in Turkey that I've visited, and some of them have been broken into because people are looking for treasure. Where you know people might have been buried with with that, and then we we know that the body just returns to dust ultimately. Mm. Mm. And people might say, yes, but what about the spirit? So let's look at Ecclesiastes twelve seven. It says, then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Okay, so this is where people might think, aha, the spirit goes back to God who gave it. So here's this is my eternal soul or my immortal soul drifting back to God at death. Is that what it means? Well, in the Bible, the word for spirit in um, the Old Testament is uh, ruach. And uh, it's the word that we use for spirit. It's the word used for air. It's the word that's used for breath as well. It's the same word that is used. So, for instance, if we go to Job 27, 3 to 4, notice what that says. As long as my breath is in me and the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness. Okay, so it talks about the breath of God in my nostrils. Mm. And now what's in your nostrils? Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Um, But the point is, that's obviously talking about the air we breathe, right? And it's the same word as spirit. It's the same word as air. It's the same word that's used for breath there. And and right back at Genesis, God breathed life into us as well. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So it's the same thing. So it's basically us letting go our last breath. Mm. I like to sort of... uh, Imagine it um, this way. You know, if uh, people have been vacuuming around their house and they they move too far away from the socket and they pull the plug out of the the wall, Mm. suddenly the vacuum dies, Mm. right? The body is still there, but there's no longer electricity flowing through that machine and therefore it ceases to... There's no air flowing as well. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's right. That's exactly right. And so so this is uh, the... And we need to understand this. You go back to Genesis uh, 2.7. It talks about the body and then God breathes into his nostrils the spirit and then man becomes a living soul. Mm. And this idea of soul is... It simply means a person. You know, when I was a young kid... Uh, I used to go around to my grandma's house and sometimes you'd be running around outside and you might fall over and you'd scuff your knee and you'd come in crying to grandma. And grandma might say, oh, you poor soul. Mm. And uh, it, what, she wasn't using it in a spiritual way. She was just saying, you poor person. Mm. And uh, same way we use the, the term SOS. You know, um, save our souls. Save our souls is mm. what it means. And so, if somebody's out, you know, out on a, a vessel and it's a stormy sea and they're in trouble and they're going down and they're sending out an SOS, they're not saying pray for us as we go down. No. They're saying come and get us, yeah. right? Come and help us. Come and save us, mm. literally. And so, the term soul, we've kind of spiritualized it a lot more. I think these days than it was ever intended to be in the scriptures. Mm. It means a person, and, and 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 we've separated it from the physical body. It, there's this. It, the concept is 
which is right. Not, yes, yes, which yes. Is not really being uh, shown in the scriptures here. Yeah. The concept is that there's a separate thing right. to the body. Yes, and this was a very Greek idea, and mm. we're going to talk a little bit about that because what you have is uh, you've got the body, the spirit. And that becomes a soul or a person. Mm. And that makes sense. And then when we die, the body goes back to the dust, but the spirit goes back to God who gave it. And that's really the breath of life. It's what makes us alive. Um, But we are uh, not alive at that point. Pagan Greek philosophy taught that the soul was immortal. I've mentioned before that many religions teach this. The Egyptians believed that. That's Mm. why they buried Tutankhamun with all his treasures, 5,000 pieces of treasure and more that they buried in his tomb because they expected him to be able to use these in the afterlife. Well, 1922, that tomb was discovered and they hadn't been used. And Mm. Tutankhamun's still there lying in his tomb, you know. So, um, but Greek philosophy taught that the soul was immortal. And this crept into the Christian church early in the history of the church. If you go back to the late second, early third century, uh, there's a writer, Christian writer called Tertullian. And uh, he writes, I use the opinion of Plato when he declares every soul is immortal. Now, Plato was a Greek philosopher, mm. uh, lived hundreds of years before Christ. And that that notion of the immortal soul crept into Christianity. It was alive and well in many other pagan religions, but it crept into Christianity early in its history. But it's not a biblical concept. And Tertullian was one of the early uh, Christian writers. Wasn't early, early Christian fathers. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yes, he's one of the more. You know, there are many significant Christians who are writing after the death of the apostles, mm. um, and they're they're writing about theology, they're writing about belief. But he's taking concepts from uh, non-Christian sources. Right. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it, actually, if we look at the history of the Christian Church, there's a significant shift towards the Greek mentality rather than the hebrew mentality mm. once uh, the first century you know passes and so we see this in a lot of things and um so when we talk about immortality there's a, a verse in first timothy six sixteen that i'll get you to read king of kings and lord of lords who alone has immortality dwelling in unapproachable light all right so this is talking about god and it's saying who alone has immortality you and i do not have immortality no. if we did we wouldn't need god we wouldn't need jesus we wouldn't need him to rescue us from death because we won't actually die and so this is the the concept and this was new to me you know when i first heard about this i thought wow what a refreshing different perspective on what happens when you die i mean i'd come from an atheist background so i thought it was a dead end i thought you died that's the end of it and there's nothing more and obviously there is a resurrection but it does not happen at the moment of death and we do not have an immortal soul the bible says god alone has immortality Mm. now it's interesting because this idea that you won't really die when you die It goes all the way back to Genesis and it goes back to one of the first lies of the devil through that uh, the serpent back in the the Garden of Eden. And um, the serpent says to the woman, you will not surely die in Genesis 3, 4. God had said, do not touch of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of all the trees in the garden, you freely may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat because in that day you will surely die. And the serpent comes along and says, you won't die. 
Yeah, it's not going to happen. And, of course, Adam and Eve ate of that fruit, and they're dead today. Mm. Um, they're not alive. And so one of those two is, is not telling the truth. Either God is not telling the truth or the serpent's not telling the truth. Mm. And uh, the Bible tells us that uh, the serpent was a liar uh, from the beginning. And we can actually see a lot of uh, – there's a lot of verses about what happens at death in the Scriptures. And uh, we can survey a few of them now. Uh, Psalm 146, 3 and 4, Jason, if you'd like to read that. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man, in whom there is no help. In his spirit departs, he returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. All right. So it's basically saying trust in the Lord and not Mm. in mankind. And it's saying that uh, his spirit departs. We've talked about that before already. He returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. Well, if you were going to heaven, surely you'd have some plans. Mm. Um, and so, it, but it's saying that, that uh, at death, you, his plans perish. Um, there's another very clear verse in Ecclesiastes 9, 5, and 6, and maybe I'll get you to read that. This is Solomon writing. I think this is one of the, the clearest passages. It says, uh, for, the living, uh, for the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward. For the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. All right. It says they will know nothing. That's it. They're very, very clear. And, you know, it says their love, their hatred, and their envy will perish. Well, you know, if you went to heaven, surely you'd still have love. Mm. And if you went to hell, you'd probably still have hatred, mm. right? You, you wouldn't want to be there. Um, but but it's perished. There's nothing. The dead know nothing. They are in an unconscious sleep, as it were. And um, so this is this is interesting in what the Bible is revealing about this. Now, there's another verse I want to um, mention. It's in Acts 2, 29, and we're going to read passages uh, up to 34 and 35. Peter is talking to the, the, the crowd at Pentecost. He says, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. And you can still go visit the tomb of David in Jerusalem today. And it says, For David did not ascend into the heavens. So David's dead, buried, and not in heaven, according to Peter. And this is a thousand years after his death. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. But David is dead, buried, and still not in heaven. We're going to need to go to a break, and uh, I know there's going to be a question that people are going to ask. Are there any exceptions? Right. And so we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about that after the break. Just before we go to the break, uh, we'll just remind you of our listener question today. Are you afraid of death? Tell us why or why you are not afraid of death. We've had some answers, and we'll share them after the break. Um, But also remember, we've got a free book offer coming today, and it's called Solving the Mystery of Death. So we'll give you a bit more information about that shortly. So here's It Is Well by Anthem Lights. When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever my life Thou hast taught me to say It is well, it is well with my soul Here 
My sin, know oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross. Made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM with Peter Watts and Searching for Certainty. And just before we went to the break, we uh, talked about the possible question that people would have. We've said uh, we've pre- we've uh, presented from the Bible that uh, when people die, they know nothing. And the question Ooh. is: Are there any exceptions? Yeah, no, that's a good question, and there are. There are exceptions in Scripture, and I think this is important for us to understand is do we take the exceptions and make them the norm, Mm. or do we take the bulk of the material and make that the norm, and then we see these exceptions? Um, It's a little bit like um, if you had a pack of cards and you put them all out on the table, and there are, you know, there are some 900 verses in Scripture that tell you one thing, and then you have a handful of Scriptures that tell you something else. Do you try to fit the 900 into those, you know, three or four scriptures, or do you try to understand the three or four in the in the context of those 900? Mm. And I think that's the way that we have to go um, to understand this. This is so. If we look at the exceptions, the Bible teaches that when we die, we know nothing, and we are unconsciously uh, in the grave. But there are some exceptions, and and some uh, are Enoch. In the book of Genesis, we find that Enoch walks so long with God, and then it says God took him. Mm. And it's interesting because if you read that passage, it talks about uh, other characters. It said this person lived so long, and then he died. This person lived so long, and then he died. But Enoch lived so long, and then God took him. So he there probably never died. 
Right, exactly. Mm. So the point is, when it says God took him, there's a difference between somebody dying and God taking him. Mm. What we've done is we've married those two concepts together, Mm. that when somebody dies, God takes him. Mm. And the Bible actually gives a distinction between that. So Enoch actually did go to heaven to be with God, and he didn't die. That's the point. It doesn't say he died and then went to heaven. He, he, did, he didn't die. He didn't die. Mm. Um, then you've got Moses, which is another interesting one, because we're told that Moses did go up on the mountain, uh, Mount Nebo, and died. And uh, the, I think there's a Jewish tradition that said three days later the angels resurrected him. Mm. Um, we don't have that in the Bible. But no. what we do know is that a- Moses appeared to Jesus in the New Testament at the Mount of Transfiguration. And there's a reference to Moses in the book of Jude, I believe, that uh, that, that references something special that happened. You know, I'd forgotten about that. That's true, that that the devil was contending. You you know, you can't Mm. raise Moses because he was a sinner, but Mm. Jesus is saying, well, you know, I'm going to um, pay for him. Um, And so you've got Moses alive. And then, of course, Elijah went to heaven on a fiery chariot. Similar similar to Enoch, he never died. Yeah, he never died. Mm. And then, of course, in Matthew 27, 52 to 53, it talks about when Jesus dies on the cross. There's an earthquake, and it says it cracks open some of the tombs. And it says that many of the saints in Jerusalem rose after his resurrection. So on, on the Sunday when Jesus rose from the dead, many of those saints in those cracked graves rose on Sunday morning, went into Jerusalem and witnessed. And you've got to imagine that maybe those are people who had recently died in in Jerusalem, because otherwise, how would you recognize them? Mm. You know, if somebody came back from 300 years ago, how would you know it was that person? Mm. So, um, So we have that, and they're like the first fruits of the resurrection. But they are exceptions, and we know that because of the other verses we read in Scripture. For instance, in Psalm 115, verse 17, it says, The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. So if you were, you know, if you died, went straight to heaven, you would be praising the Lord. You would think so. And uh, it says, no, they go down into silence because they are dead. In Job 14, 12 to 13, we read, So man lies down and does not rise till the heavens are no more. They will not awake nor be roused from their sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in the grave, that you would conceal me until your wrath is past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. So here Job is recognizing that when a person dies, they're in the grave and they don't rise. It's not until the heavens are no more. It's not until actually the second coming when that resurrection takes place. Job 7, 9 to 10, it says, As the cloud disappears and vanishes away, so he who goes down to the grave does not come up. And this is an interesting line. It says, He shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him any more. Mm. And the interesting point of that is people think about... What about haunted houses, people who... I was going to say, what about ghosts? Yeah, Yeah. what about ghosts? That's Mm. right. So, you know, here it says they'll never return to the house. So Mm. if there are supernatural occurrences happening in a house, is it dead people coming back to life or is there something else going on? Uh, The Bible talks about the fact that in Revelation 16, 14, it talks about uh, the devil and um, his cohorts. It says, for they are the spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle, that great battle of the great day of God Almighty. In other words, there are evil spirits who are out to deceive, and they can come back and impersonate our loved ones. Mm. 
and sometimes people believe that they are seeing their loved ones when in actual fact they're seeing um, a demonic spirit uh, attempting to deceive uh, and that's that's important because I you know I do believe in the supernatural right we believe in God we believe in the supernatural but I believe there's good supernatural and bad supernatural mm-hmm. and and sometimes that's if we encounter the supernatural we have to question where is it coming from mm-hmm. is it coming from God or is it coming from the dark side does it align with what the Bible teaches that's or right does it actually uh, go against what precisely the Bible precisely mm-hmm. so that's I think why God gave us a Bible so we have a measuring line we have a measuring stick by which everything is measured there are many passages in the bible that talks about not consulting the the spirits is yeah we're going to touch on that in a minute okay um here's here's um first timothy 4 1 it says now the spirit that's the holy spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils we've mentioned this before when we're talking about signs of the times and the fact that there's a great deal of interest in the occult and supernatural in the popular media uh, mm. at the moment in the last several decades. Um, you know, when we think about what happens when you die, we, we want to think about somebody we did know who died and came back to life, and that was Jesus. Mm. And when Jesus comes back to life, it's interesting what he says because he doesn't come back as a ghost. No. He says, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me. And see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Mm. So Jesus comes back from the dead, and it is a bodily resurrection. This is not just some spirit floating around. Mm. And he actually says, touch me. Mm. And he, he says, you got anything to eat? He, they, he asks them, uh, for some fish, and they give him some fish and honeycomb uh, in one of the other Gospels. So here's the passage that I think you were referring to in Deuteronomy where it actually cautions God's people to stay away from occultic practices mm. and largely because the devil is going to attempt to deceive through these practices. So I'm going to read that out. It's um, Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 12. Maybe you want to read that, Jason. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn the, to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or spiritus or one who calls up the dead for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord and because of these abominations the Lord your God drives them out from before you okay so you have very plain instruction there from God saying don't do it very clear and very strong words very strong words yeah yeah. don't do it and Mm. and the reason the the words are so strong uh, Jason is not because God is is wanting to frighten us he's wanting to say this is very dangerous ground don't go there please don't go there yeah it's really important and so that's why it's such strong language Mm. you know many gravestones will read the uh, letters R.I.P. which stand for Rest in peace. Right, rest in peace. Mm. And that's right. That's exactly what happens. The Bible describes that death is asleep. Mm. And so um, we want to read one of those verses. It's in um, Psalm 13, verse 3. Many times in the Scriptures it talks about this. It says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And that uh, reminds me, we've had uh, Stephen text in a uh, a message to us. He says, death is going to sleep and waking up with Jesus. 
How cool is that? I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> so it sounds like Stephen doesn't have a, a, a fear of death. Yeah. We want to talk uh, after the break. We're going to go to a break. But after the break, we want to talk about when is it that we wake up with Jesus? Mm, absolutely. Now, just a bit more about our book offer, and we'll give the code after the break. Our book offer today is Solving the Mystery of Death by Steve Wahlberg. What really happens when we die? Do saints instantly soar to heaven while lost sinners plunge into hellfire? Is there a holding place called purgatory? Do we enter the spirit world on the other side? What about reincarnation? Might I return as a mouse? The Bible's last book, the Revelation, solemnly warns that an invisible fallen angel named Satan deceives the whole world. Now, if this is true, we can't expect the majority of human beings to be right about anything, especially something as important as what happens after death. Our world is full of conflicting theories, but we will consult only one source, and that's the Bible, to find the answer. So this book will give you the code after the break, Solving the Mystery of Death, and it will cover much of what we've been talking about today. Let's uh, hear this song, There Was Jesus. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand and start to fall And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I could see it now and There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment, where I've been, where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, but couldn't see it, there was Jesus. Oh, this man who needs amazing kind of grace, forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay. Shadows of the alleys. There was Jesus in the fire and in the flood. There was Jesus always is and always was. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Now, before the break, we were talking about death as being asleep. And uh, we also promised to give a code away for the book, Solving the Mystery of Death. So I better give that code before I forget. And that code is SEARCH19. That's the word SEARCH with the number 19, no spaces. Text that into 0488880891 to get this book called Solving the Mystery of Death. We encourage you to text in SEARCH19 to 0488880891. Now, death is asleep. There was a bit of an example of that in the New Testament, Peter, uh, when Jesus was around and uh, the life of Lazarus or the death of Lazarus, should mm. I say. Yeah, so um, and there are many passages in Scripture that talk about death as asleep. But, um, yeah, Lazarus was uh, sick. Uh, messengers were sent to Jesus and his disciples saying, your friend Lazarus is, is sick. And uh, Jesus says, uh, um, you know, he doesn't rush to his bedside and um and then it says um you know jesus said our friend lazarus sleeps and his disciple says well you know if he's sleeping you probably get well uh, but Jesus says Lazarus is dead. So Jesus uses the term sleep. He actually connects the two he connects words together. He connects the two words yeah. together. This is in John eleven eleven to 15, mm. and people can maybe have a look at that. And then, of course, we're talking about the fact that you know, death is not the end, thankfully. We're saying that when people die, they don't go directly to heaven, don't go to directly hell, they go to sleep. But there is a resurrection, and the resurrection takes place for the most part at the second coming of Christ at the end of the world. And we read about it in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. It says, do, I, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Mm. Uh, that's those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. It's not like we have no hope. Jesus says there is hope of the resurrection. And uh, he says he's going to bring with him those who rest in the grave, just as he um, came out of the grave. And it says, First Thessalonians four sixteen and 17, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So the, the point is there is a resurrection, but it takes place at the end of time, and until then we rest in the graves. Mm. What about near-death experiences? There's a lot of people who uh, talk about their near-death experiences. Well, that's a great question too, is, you know, sometimes people will say, well, I, you know, uh, almost died, I was on the, uh, you know, hospital theatre table and uh, I saw this light and, you know, had very people have various experiences but you've got to think about the fact that you know if you are uh, um, unconscious or semi-conscious maybe you've got a a lack of uh, oxygen flowing to the brain maybe you've got drugs in your system that they are giving you um, you're all you're likely to imagine all sorts of things and so do we really want to trust uh, that scenario as to yep that's what happens when you die uh, or are we going to trust what the Bible has to say? Incidentally, uh, a near-death experience is just that. 
near death. It's near death. Mm. It's not the same as death. Mm. It's a little bit like I nearly won the lottery. Mm. That's not quite the same as winning the lottery. Mm. And so um, I think that that's important. Near death experiences are just that. They are near death. Mm. Time magazine had an article front cover. It says, how does it feel to die? And they actually uh, talked about the fact that they can trigger out-of-body experiences in people who are nowhere near death. Mm. Um, the mind is a very powerful Thing. I mean, many of us have probably had dreams that uh, I remember having a very vivid dream that I woke up and for about 20 minutes I thought it was real. Mm. And then I remembered actually it was just a dream. Mm. And so the mind is a powerful thing. And they've conducted experiments where they can create out-of-body experiences in people who are not even anywhere near death. There was a... Um, also, you know, you have stories about people who say they, they went to heaven. There was a book out... Uh, in 2010 called The Boy Who Came Back From Heaven. Mm. This was a, a boy by the name of uh, Alex Malarkey. Um, he uh, was in a coma after a near-fatal car crash. Mm. Not a fatal car crash, but a near-fatal car, car crash. Uh, he was in a, a coma, um, and he said that while he was in a coma, he went to heaven. Ten years later, this was a six-year-old, Ten years later, when he was 16, he said, I did not die. I did not go to heaven. He, re he recognized that he'd actually made the story up. Yeah, and I think um, I, I looked this up, and uh, I think he actually didn't want uh, – I think it was his parents who actually got this book published. And right. I, I think he, he acknowledged to them he, he made it up, and he didn't want the book published. And I think he's actually uh, trying to take action to get the book removed. Wow. Mm. There you go. Okay. So again, we have uh, other scriptures in First uh, Corinthians that, that talk about at the last trumpet in the twinkling of light, the dead will be raised. So it's at the end of time when the dead are raised. And so uh, that, that's important for us to understand. I want to talk maybe um, just at the uh, end here of our program. Uh, tonight, I imagine most of our listeners are going to uh, climb into bed mm. and go to sleep. And um, I want to ask the listeners, are you afraid to go to sleep tonight? Mm. And the likelihood is that we're not usually afraid to go to sleep. And the reason we're not afraid of going to sleep is because we expect to wake up in the morning. Mm. And I think that once we understand what happens when you die and, and the promise of the resurrection that Jesus offers at the end of the world at his second coming... We don't have to be afraid of death, that we can go to sleep in death confident that we will wake up in the morning because God has our future in his hands. So I think, you know, that's the important message I would want to share. Um, there's, there's four times in the Gospel of John where it says, uh, where Jesus says to us, I will raise him up in the last day, mm. uh, four times in that one chapter alone. So it's the last day, it's the, the end of time when Jesus returns that the dead are raised and that we go to heaven with him. So, Peter, uh, we've asked our listeners the uh, the question whether they're afraid of death and uh, I guess given what you've, so, you've said, you've just described what the Bible teaches, but uh, let me just ask you that question. Are you afraid of death? You know, I, uh, I've said before, Jason, I used to be an atheist, and I think that death was just a mystery to me at that time, even though I believed that there was nothing after mm. uh, death. Um, but I'm not afraid of death. Like I said before, 
you know, I go to sleep at night, I expect to wake up in the morning and I have utter confidence that God is able to resurrect us at the last day and that's what I expect to happen. Mm. I think that's, uh, it gives us a lot of peace. Um, when, that's right, you know, peace of mind. I've been to funerals where, you know, there hasn't been that belief mm. and uh, and I've been to funerals where there has, has been that belief and really uh, to go to a funeral where you know that uh, the, the person was a believer and... Um, they have that hope that they will wake up to uh, yeah. to see Jesus coming. So that's that's fantastic. What have you got for us next week, Peter? Okay. Well, this might be a surprising title, but it's called Good News About Hell. Um, we've learned something today about what happens when you die, but what are the implications of that understanding for hell? And what about some of the passages in the Scriptures that seem to talk about hell in a different way and there is a popular view of hell and we want to talk about that and we're actually going to find out that there's some good news about hell yeah well that'll be interesting there doesn't normally seem to be much good about hell so let's uh, let's find out and uh, I guess it's following on from the the concept of you know understanding that the truth of what the Bible teaches so and uh, tomorrow we've got David Maxwell on his program Amazing Love and he's talking about the topic of Eden Restored so uh, please text in your your uh, code search number 19 no spaces to get the book Solving the Mystery of Death and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you tomorrow and uh, you'll be uh, listening to Tabitha and David Maxwell tomorrow uh, on Faith FM here's our last song with uh, Lauren Daigle Look Up Child Where are you now when darkness seems to end Where are you now when the world is crying Child